1: Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits. Thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I ask that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our transgressions and our shortcomings, Lord, and those things, Lord, that are not pleasing in your eyes. I'm asking, Lord, that you give us new understanding. I'm grateful for the time I have with my brothers and sisters in Christ. That we get to partake in your word lord and be taught by your spirit i'm asking lord also that we all capture this lord and we really get it for the time that we're in and all that we're dealing with how you want us lord outside of this world how you want us to not be a part of it to be in it lord but not of it and i'm asking lord right now that you bind every distracting spirit every foul spirit Every spirit of error, every spirit of unbelief, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of hatred, jealousy, every Jezebel spirit, every Ahab spirit, Lord. Every spirit that has nothing to do with your spirit, I'm asking that it be taken out of the way. And I'm asking that your Holy Ghost would be here, Lord, that we be empowered by your word and that we may have new understanding to teach your word. Lord, let us come into contact with those, Lord, who are also ready to hear the truth. Let it not be that difficult for us, Lord, to win souls. Give us a word in season, Lord, for you said how good it is that we are able to break through all barriers of lies, all things dealing with deception, that we're able to hear you clear, Lord. Make our paths plain. Give us everything that we're gonna need to stand in the coming day. For we know, Lord, that we're living in that time and those times are upon us. But you, almighty God, have not forsaken your people. You will walk with us, Lord. You will show us what we need to do. You will perform great and mighty exploits, Lord, in those days. For when the enemy comes in like a flood, Lord, you'll raise a standard against them. We know it, Lord, and we believe you. And I'm asking from here that our faith grow and that we do the things that you have called a full ministry of you to do. For you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the only righteous, true, and faithful and just god worthy to be praised lord do this for your glory do it for your honor in jesus name we pray amen amen all right so tonight's study is going to be pretty controversial one i'm sure we'll get some backlash for this some people will wonder (laughs) pretty much you know but you know what the gospel is that way you know like jesus said i am a rock of offense he said for those of us that love him You know, he's precious, but for those who aren't interested in him, he's a rock of offense. He even offends the Christians. So I know that even the disciples in some ways were offended by what Jesus said. You know, I mean, maybe not offended to the point of walking away, but I'm sure their feelings got hurt quite a few times. But that's all a part of growth. And, you know, along with pain, I mean, there can't be any growth. Along with striving to do what is necessary... We're going to have to go through so tonight's study is going to be called you know satan's matrix you know how we have to get out of it because i think that as long as we have hope in this life as long as we think that there's something here that's appeasing for the flesh as long as we believe that we have some type of outside help outside of the lord that will always be bound to this you know and this matrix i like to use that term for the world but it's so true how jesus himself was unplugged from everything when he said the ruler of this world comes and he has nothing in me there was nothing that the enemy could do to bind him he wasn't a racist (laughs) you know he wasn't seeking love down here with you know a woman you know he wasn't doing and i'm not saying that you know you can't have those types of relationships but satan has used those things to try and hurt us you know how many unhealthy situations we've been in that's brought us away from the lord all these things Jesus couldn't be bound by, you know, and I think that in order to really come out of what we're in, you have to learn to be born again for one, but to be odorless, colorless, tasteless, this world can't have any effect on you. So instead of trying, we have to die our way out, and I don't mean suicide, I'm talking about, you know, giving yourself a discipline that you know you can't be affected by, the, by everyday life because those things will bind you. Jesus saw the world through spiritual eyes. He didn't see them through carnal physical eyes. So uh, let's start in John real quick. Let's go to John uh, 16. You know, we've been here more times than not. In verse 28, John 16 and 28. Right there. That oh, right. <laughs> right. um, he said, Jesus said, "I came forth from the Father, and I am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to my Father. I go to the Father." His disciples said unto him, "Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb." Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Why? Because Jesus had understanding of not just where he was, you know, or what he was dealing with, but he understood outside of time and space. He spoke of his leaving and his return. You know, he spoke of the fact that even though they would depart from him, that the Father would be with him. So he, they know that his words were life. There's no one ever talking about their return except for Jesus Christ. I don't care what prophet you go to. I don't care who you listen to when they talk about the supernatural. They may speak of the things in front of them, but they never speak of prophecy. They never speak of what it was like before. They never really talk about the heavens. They'll give you their philosophy on the heavens, but they themselves can't give you in detail like Jesus can. So he has that, and he's talking about his return. And everything he said in prophecy has come true up until this point, except for a few more things. So who can do that but God? Verse 31. I think, yeah, that's where I am. Verse 31. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, uh, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. So what Jesus understood here is, even though the disciples were probably following him about three years at this point, he understood that even then they weren't born again. The fact that he might have brought the truth to them, what was actually needed, well, I can't say they weren't born again, but they were too early in this to understand what this whole thing was about. So when they said that they would be with him to death and all this other stuff, they were acting in their souls and their emotions. But when Acts the second chapter happened, that was a game changer. You know, when the Holy Ghost came there and fell on them, and they were like Christ. Okay, so from this point, he recognizes that they're saying they believe, but they don't really yet. They may believe some things, but there's still a transformation because they're still plugged into the world here. They're still based on what's going on in the world. So he says, do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea is now come and ye shall be scattered every man to his own and shall leave me alone and yet i am not alone because the father is with me these things i have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace in the world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world what did he overcome and now remember he's not died yet and resurrected and gone into heaven so they're not talking about overcoming death which he eventually did do. What they're speaking of here, remember in um in Matthew 4, you know, he went, he was baptized, the holy ghost fell on him and led him into the wilderness. The thing that he did then was crucify his flesh. He conquered the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Okay? And the devil. So that part of him was taken away. When he returned, He returned in power, in the spirit and in power. And the Bible says that the spirit fell on him without measure. Okay, so the thing here is he's overcome the world, meaning there's nothing that this world had that could have bribed or tempted Jesus. Jesus was so outside. He was connected with the Father. He would have been what we call God conscious. You know, he was in the promise. You know, he walked in the spirit. And that's why some may say, well, Jesus didn't seem very emotional. Well, here's the thing. His emotions were led by the spirit, which meant that he had the thoughts of God. It wasn't like an emotional, physical tie where a lot of people are afraid to do things because of what we're still connected to. So this is about that journey, breaking through the matrix, having new understanding. I'm going to play a a clip real quick. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to play the clip real quick, and um, it should make a lot more sense.
3: last. Welcome, Neo. As you no doubt have guessed, I am Morpheus. It's an honor to meet you. No, the honor is mine. Please, come, sit down. imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice tumbling down the rabbit hole hmm? you could say that I can see it in your eyes you have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up ironically this is not far from the truth do you believe in fate Neil no Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there like a splinter in your mind driving you mad it is this feeling that has brought you to me do you know what I'm talking about the matrix Matrix. do you want to know what it is the matrix is everywhere it is all around us That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage. Born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. (sighs) Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland.
1: pushback but part of this understanding is that you know jesus even made clear that everybody's not ready to accept the truth concerning a lot of things you know you notice when he said now i'm not using a movie to explain the bible what i'm saying is whoever made this movie had some understanding of what's really going on in the world so this is what we're trying to expose but notice when he said if you take the blue pill You wake up believing whatever you want to believe. But if you take the red pill, whichever one he said, but Mm -hmm. if you take it, that he'll show you how far the rabbit hole goes. This is a place that most people of the world outside of God don't want to experience. When you try and bring people the truth, you try and show them what's really going on in the world, it's almost like you get that look like, you know, you're getting a little bit too deep for me. Can't I just live my life? I don't care about what's going to happen we all got to die sometime this is what you hear from people because they're in love with the world when we get through today exposing what this world is really about and who's in charge of what then i think we're going to understand that jesus christ is your only option because everything else belongs to satan and jesus himself even called satan the god of this world so if you have stock in you know there's six uh topics I want to get into one is education you know tonight the other is the economy you know the economic part one is scientific the other is um, what's the other one Um, military I think and then there's like two other ones I can't remember oh the judicial system you know who it's run by and all these other things combined so when we get through this because I'm not going to stay on all of them very long I know we're on limited time but when we do this we're going to understand that Satan really is the god of this world and the worst part is let's just say knowing that you have a satanic entity that's over everything okay but if you were allowed to live your normal life here never knowing Jesus Christ that'd be bad enough but as we know from dealing with Satan in the past he doesn't just leave you alone he's got some big plans for the believer and the unbeliever So that's what we're going to expose tonight. So I'm going to play one more clip, and then we'll get into it for a minute.
3: This is the construct. It's our loading program. We can load anything from clothing to equipment, weapons, training simulations, anything we need. Right now, we're inside a computer program? Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different. the plugs in your arms and head are gone? Your hair has changed. Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection of your digital self. This, this isn't real. What is real? How do you define real if you're talking about what you can feel? what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. This is the world that you know. The world as it was at the end of the 20th century. It exists now only as part of a neural interactive simulation that we call the matrix. You've been living in a dream world, Neo. This is the world as it exists today. Welcome to the desert of the real. We have only bits and pieces of information, but what we know for certain is that at some point in the early 21st century, all of mankind was united in celebration. We marveled at our own magnificence as we gave birth to AI. AI? You mean artificial intelligence? A singular consciousness that spawned an entire race of machines. We don't know who struck first, us or them. But we know that it was us that scorched the sky. At the time, they were dependent on solar power, and it was believed that they would be unable to survive without an energy source as abundant as the sun. Throughout human history, we have been dependent on machines to survive. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. The human body generates more bioelectricity than a 120 volt battery and over 25,000 BTUs of body heat. Combined with a form of fusion, the machines had found all the energy they would ever need. There are fields now, endless fields, where human beings are no longer born. We are grown. For the longest time, I wouldn't believe it. And then I saw the fields with my own eyes. Watched them liquefy the dead so they could be fed intravenously to the living. And standing there, facing the pure horrifying precision, I came to realize the obviousness of the truth. What is the Matrix? Control. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. No. I don't believe it. It's not possible. I didn't say it would be easy, Neo. I just said it would be the truth.
1: Stop! Let me out! Let me out! I want out! What we gotta understand is this guy was presented with the truth. Now, half the stuff on there, of course, this is Hollywood making something up. But we have to understand, too, that when he talked about machine and man, you know, how they would eventually need each other to turn a human being into a battery. Now, some people would say, I don't see any evidence of that, but you got to understand what the singularity thing is all about. Where some people would say, remember when Singular was out, the cell phone company, Mm -hmm. and it was a picture of a man on there? Well, singularity is basically man and machine coming together. Now, some people would say, well, I don't even see that happening. Look at how people are buried in their phones. They're walking around with this stupid Pokemon Go, not even paying attention to reality. But everyone's buried in their phones, everyone's dealing with some type of gadgets or something where people are no longer personable and even speaking to one another now. Mm -hmm. Customer service is gone, okay? Pretty soon you'll be talking to a machine. So this is what, you know, again, what he's trying to explain is the world that we think that we live in really isn't so. Now, some people love technology, and there's nothing wrong with it, but the understanding is how far this thing is actually going. This is not just going to be a thing of man at his best using machines. Eventually, machines are going to use man, and they have been already. What do you think is going to happen as as machines get smarter, along with men? Think about the fact that eventually something's going to reach its apex, where a machine is going to say, well, why are we even worrying about people? Why don't we just run the thing ourselves? Matter of fact, let's let them work for us. But one thing we understand about the whole battery thing is not so much you'd be a battery, but if we were unplugged to this world and focused on Jesus, I can tell you right now, this whole satanic system would crack and crumble. Why? Because it ran on the backs of lost men and women. That's what it's really about. Deceived people wasting their time in here in space, I mean, you know, here in time and space. Thinking that they're achieving something when really you're just hitting a dead end. It's just like the wilderness with the children of Israel. Wandering around in the wilderness doing the same old thing or heading back to Egypt. But you never get into God. You never get into the promise. You never get an understanding of what it is to be one with God. That's the only reason why Satan made this world as fun as it is. Social media you know everybody's you know dating sites dating online you don't even know what you're running into mm-hmm. uber you call a, a stranger to come pick you up you don't even know who that is but look at how impersonal this world is becoming alright so let's get started let's go to uh, got uh yeah real quick yeah
2: so I wrote down the quote from the movie the machines using humans for energy hmm so take out the word machine and say Satan uses your energy
1: absolutely And that's what he's doing, yep. He's running us, you know, because we think that we can actually achieve something in the hearing now. And all we're doing is being void of God. I mean, think about it. Where does the greatest rich man go, or the most successful man? He ends up in the dust just like you. His eternity may be someplace else. He may think that he has money and things to pass on. But when you look at this whole thing, even that money we're going to find has no real value. That's just fiat paper money. That's toilet paper. The, our money has stopped being backed by gold since 1934. The dollar is nothing today, but they'll they'll paint the dream that you guys are gonna have a bunch of, you know, a lot of abundance when really, this was all to fund a global machine, okay? This new world order, whatever they're planning. That was the only reason for thinking that the Americans were free, yeah. What,
4: what was used
1: to do that? Oh, um, us, democracy. See democracy made a people. You think about the rest of the world being communist or well, maybe Great Britain wasn't, but when you look at other things, look at how everybody had to live a certain way, but this was considered the land of the free. You know, the land of the you know, the free and the brave or whatever. You can come here and be anything you want. Now they did that experiment for about what 50, 60, 70 years. Now That they've got their new world machine because this country funded the whole world, okay? Everything that they had planned was off the backs of Americans buying and selling and, you know, working hard, okay? So with that, now they're able to do what they want, so they don't need this system anymore. All right, so let's get started. Let's go to uh, Exodus 13 and verse 12, because believe it or not, the word matrix is in the Bible, so we're going to have some understanding. It's actually in here a few times. Exodus what? Um, thirteen
4: and
1: verse twelve. All right, and it says uh, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstlings that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's. And every firstlings of an ass uh, thou shalt redeem with a lamb, and if thou uh, wilt not redeem it, then it shall break uh, his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem, and it shall be when thy son asketh thee in time to come saying, "What is this uh, that thou shalt say unto him by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of out from Egypt. From the house of bondage. So, what we understand here, you got two different things going on. One, the matrix here is obviously explained as a womb, you know, uh, where they talk about having the firstlings of man and the firstlings of beast, you know, to be able to come forward. And then you read down in 14, it says that uh, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the land of bondage. So, we understand here that the word matrix is a type of womb. You know, which is what a lot of women, women go through, of course, with birth pains until the child is brought forth. How the child comes up, the child is dependent on its mother to survive until it comes out of the womb, and then it has to be nurtured for it to be taken care of. But the child never stays in the womb, obviously. There is a part of the pregnancy that ends, you know, her water breaks, and she conceives. You know, she brings forth a child. Well, it's the same type of makeup when Jesus tells us that we need to be born again. When you think about in the days of Noah, like Sarah brought up once, that when the earth needed to be flooded because the whole world was corrupt, that the fountains of the deep broke open, and for 150 days, you know, that man was, um, you know, Noah and eight persons had to survive to reset, you know, those 40 days. So the whole thing is, as far as... um, This is, there is a womb, that womb would be the world, okay, or the matrix. But then you also have the fact that the children of Israel at this time were in Egypt, and the Lord has brought them out. Now, Egypt would be a type of bondage, of course, but it's also a type of world. Remember, they were brought out of the civilized known world, okay, to wander in the wilderness, to do what the Lord called them to do, to work it out, to get it all together, to eventually they reach the promised land that God gave them. That walk, like I said, is no different than the walk that we're going through because when you come into this world, you don't know anything. Okay? You're brought forth and you're born and you experience your regular everyday life. You learn even from a young child, like what's his name said on the movie, you know that there's something wrong with this world, but you can't put a finger on it. You know why there are bullies trying to beat you up in school as a kid? Why your best friends betray you? You know, why do you have to go and do these same religious things on Sunday, you know, day after day in church, you know, and and stuff like that. Now, I'm not speaking against it. I'm just saying that you understand that there's something in you that's calling for more than what you're actually experiencing. So what do we do? We go through life. We look for other things to make us feel better, other things to depend on. We go to school. We get straight A's. You know, you go off to college. You do all these things. You become who you want to be in life. And then that same pain and hurt still doesn't go anywhere. You just learn to live with it on a different level of your life. Why? Because like Jesus said, we need to be born again. Okay, we need to understand who Christ is so we can get out of this womb and really know what it is to be free. Many of us think that we're free in this world because of the things that we think we have a choice on. Like you think you have a choice to choose Democrat or Republican? If they give you two choices, then you have no choice at all. They select the choices that you have. They wrote your constitution. Okay, they planned everything that you have. But again, you know, the constitution, some may say what's wrong with that when you look at it. Okay, freedom of this, man is this, man is that. Yeah, but no one ever said when that constitution was written that there was still slavery going on in America. Okay, so that freedom wasn't to incorporate everyone. Okay, but the point is, is that even when that was passed and taken care of, they still have freedom of religion. Why? So it can always come apart at the seams, because if this was really a godly nation, they would have said Jesus Christ. But they said God and then they said freedom of religion. So what does that make you? So anybody can come over here and worship their gods on your land. That was the plan from the get go. Okay, this thing had always been around. A lot of these Freemasons, you know, they were involved in the occult stuff. You yeah. know well, what it
2: reminds me of is Solomon, yeah. because he had all these women from all these lands, and they brought all their gods, even though he was very wealthy. Oh, yeah. And they were all there with all their gods yep. and all his wealth.
1: That's right. That's right. And what did, what did uh, David, um, who told Solomon? The Lord told Solomon they would turn away his heart. If he was involved with women that were in, you know, dealing with other gods because they were from foreign lands, he knew that eventually they would turn his heart, which they did. Solomon fell away and never came back, okay, to the Lord. So even though with all that wisdom, he didn't know that he was still bound to the Matrix. You know, even all these people that, you know, when you think you're getting something military, you're proud of your country, you go and you fight a war that you don't even know the real facts in it, you believe those facts because someone told you that this is why we're going to war and you go off and you fight at it not recognizing that the whole Vietnam War you know and my dad is even sorry for doing it but the whole Vietnam War was to open the trade into Southeast Asia that's all it was about more money it had nothing to do with freeing the South Vietnamese from the North Vietnamese but there's a hand behind the scene that's guiding things And unless you turn to Jesus, you will always be bound. When he told Neo he was a slave, that was absolutely the truth. Because unless you come to Christ and you're free of this world, you are a slave. There are some people like Alex Jones and others, they try and fight against the New World Order, not recognizing that they're working for the New World Order. Okay, you're doing the things that they tell you to do, and you think you're fighting them. There's another clip on here, but I don't know if we'll have time to play it, but... Neo was actually told by Morpheus, you guys may remember this, he said, um, the Matrix is a system that um, so many people are plugged into, and a lot of these people are not ready to be unplugged. So that means that anybody here that is not one of us is potentially an agent, okay? Because the fact that they love this world, they will fight so hard to defend it, that they would even turn you in, someone is trying to break them from bondage. So, you know, this is important. Yeah. An agent? What does that mean? Like an agent, like a government agent. Oh. Like the same way, you know, the FBI and you have Army the others movie, that come around. Right. Like, now, this is a key point. I thought
4: he was relating it to, like, this world. Oh, yeah. Of the
1: when you have um, even those Amber Alerts, I tell people, don't be so excited when you hear about that person getting caught. You don't know who that person <laughs> is. You don't know the real story on them. All you know is what the media tells you. Okay, that person could be running for their lives, doing the right thing, and then you got this system talking about, oh, he's a pedophile. And then imagine if that description of the person drives by and they say, oh, oh, uh, I, I see who you're talking about. Um, he just went down such and such. So, what does that make that informant an agent? Because they're, they're conforming to the truth that's presented to them and they're fighting for the system where a Christian wouldn't turn anyone in like that. You know, you would pray about it and, you know, seek the Lord and let him guide you to it. So I'm not speaking of fighting against crime. But what I'm saying is you don't know what that truth is. If you offend someone in this so-called corrupt system, there is no telling. if You won't end up on that Amber Alert running for your life. You don't know what we're dealing with here. So we're going to get some more understanding. Let's go into um, Ephesians 6
4: the devil lying
1: and deceiving absolutely you're so right And now uh, let's go to second corinthians 4 sorry so yeah you know as long as you're plugged into the system and you love it man you will never serve the lord because that there, there'll be some hope that you have here that it's going to accommodate your needs chapter four you say? yeah second corinthians chapter four and we'll start at verse one i know we've gone over this before but sometimes it's good to recap some things and it says therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of god deceitfully but by manifestation of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of god but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost in whom the god of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the glorious light i mean lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ who is the image of god should shine unto them so you know what we understand here is these minds that are blinded we can close that now, but the minds of these um, the minds of these people that are blinded are obviously blinded because the God of this world is doing it. What does that mean? If you're not God conscious, you can only be two things: you're either world conscious or you're self conscious. Okay, so as long as you're worried about you and the world and other things like that, you can't focus on the Lord. And this is why the gospel. It's so strange to people because it's a spiritual thing, it transcends time and space. It's the words of God coming into space in a world that is ruled by Satan. So unless we're born again and transformed and understand all that the Lord has to offer, what we end up doing is serving the enemy, not understanding the foreign language, which is the Bible, you know, which is the word of truth. Let's go to Ephesians two. I just wanted to add
2: real quick. Yeah. To reading about when you're telling somebody the truth about something and they're so set in their ways that they don't want to hear the truth mm-hmm. and if you continue to argue with them then you take an idiot now there's two idiots that's right because arguing with somebody who doesn't want to get it is a waste of your energy
1: it is and the Bible even says to put it in biblical terms you know don't cast your pearl before swine yes because if you do you know that they said that they will um you'll be trodden underfoot and we've experienced this you keep you know bugging people about the bible man you got to understand this is a spiritual thing being presented spiritually but you're not dealing with flesh and blood there you may be trying to deliver the gospel to a demon not the person but what's housed in the person so unless we understand what we're dealing with as far as excuse me as far as the spirit is concerned that you think that you're trying to win the person when really you got the demon standing there in front of you i'm not going they're comfortable with me they enjoy being here with me they enjoy the life that i have given them that i live and and the lord is not going to take you away from your friends if you love certain things in this life it's almost impossible to even cast a demon out of someone that enjoys what they're doing it's with your consent that these things happen to us okay so in order to be freed of things We have to not want them because as long as your free will wants them, then you can't be freed from it. God doesn't violate your free will, and neither can you. You can call out a demon in the authority of Jesus, but if that person is happy with what they are, they'll just sit there looking at you. Why? Because they've made an agreement with their buddies. Hey, we like it here. We like chasing women. We like lying. We like gambling. We like murdering. We like doing all this stuff, so you're not taking me away from my fun. The authority of the Lord will not override that. All right, Ephesians 2, we'll start at verse 1. I have a question. Yeah. So,
2: the
4: demon would be there to help them do those things?
1: Well, the demon would give them the appetite for the things that they're doing. Now, I'm not saying the flesh doesn't itself call for things, but one thing about the flesh is it's not compulsive. When it's compulsive behavior, it's demonic. Okay, like in other words, the flesh can be attracted to things that are outside of God's will, but the flesh could want them and, and have a chance to be told, hey, this is wrong. Okay. So the person can either choose to follow the Lord or not. But um, compulsion, you know, when you're consistently doing something, obsessive, I mean, um, obs- what is it? Um, obsessive, compulsive talking, you know, or lying, or, you know, um, fornicate, masturbation, you name it, any of those things, When it's compulsive, it's most likely demonic. What about drinking? Same thing. If a demon likes to drink and you don't, and you like to drink too, and you don't recognize where it can be wrong to be drunken, because it's not about drinking, it's about being drunken. Although some alcohols, I mean, you hear of Jesus drinking wine, but you didn't hear any of the other, you know, wild stuff that they got today. But the point is, is that um, even for drinking, when you can't stop doing it then it's clearly a demon there are four types of demonic oppression All right, there is um, depression which occurs outside of the body this is when people don't know what's bugging them I feel funny this is bothering me you know whatever but you know that can come and can go you can chase that off then you get into obsession which is level two where you partake in the sin okay that you're being lured to do and you might start to like it a little bit. Then there becomes, and, and then you repeat it. Then there's oppression, which is pretty much when your sin has got you. You couldn't stop if you wanted to. No matter how you cry your eyes out at night, no matter how bad you want to do otherwise, you're stuck. You know, and that's when you need deliverance. So that would be demons residing in your soul. Um, op- um, um, obsession is demons residing in your flesh so even with obsession you've got the will to stop you know you just have to choose that will and call on the Lord and stop but when you're oppressed you need deliverance the demon has to be kicked out of you because you want to do something about it but you can't and possession which is the fourth level is demons in your spirit now that hardly ever occurs for a Christian okay but demons themselves we're going to do a full study on that They have ways, because everyone thinks that demons are, you know, wild and doing crazy stuff. There are some demons that like to shop. There are some demons that like to make people laugh. There are demons that like to, you know, play games. They like to do, see, their ways are wrong in other ways. They love to lie. They love to come and, you know, get everyone to love them, you know, through uh, charisma, you know, and all these things. So all demons are not, like, well, they're evil, but it's a different way of showing evil. Okay, whatever it is, it takes your eyes off, the, off of God. So obsessive shopping can do that. Worrying about yourself, demons can be narcissistic. So think about the fact that you're so worried about you, you can't tap into the Lord, not at all, because your mind is so centrally focused or you have the appetite of this demon. So all demons don't come in ways of, you know, you got to be crazy and murdering and robbing and all. No, some demons like to go down and curse at the comedy club and make you entertain people. Some demons don't like to be around other demons. Some people don't know that because all the giants, well, that's another study, but they had different personalities, okay? So the point I'm making is is that unless we're unplugged, that as long as demons have some type of way into your life, they'll always pull you back to the matrix. They'll always pull you into time and space. They'll always get you to think about things outside of Jesus Christ. And the easiest way to know when you're dealing with a demon all you got to do is bring the name of Jesus up, and you watch the whole atmosphere change. Why? Because in, in their spirits, they know that that's the one that's going to put an end to all this fun. See, it's not so much that people don't like Jesus. Much of it has to do with the name Jesus is a world changer. It's an endgame thing. When you mention Jesus, he's coming back to destroy this mess, to build something else. The word, the name of Jesus wants to transcend time and space, get you outside of what you know in the here and now. That's where the fight takes place. It's not that the media doesn't like you, but they know if you get people like you and I on there talking, you know, what is that going to do to the world? What is that going to do for their ratings? What is that going to do for money? So this world hates you because it destroys, the spirit in you destroys what's going on in this world. This world can't function. Jay-Z won't make any money, all right, through Christians. Real Christians talking about Jesus Christ. Christians don't have an appetite for those things. Okay, so that's one of the things where I'm saying that we are somewhat a battery if we're not unplugged. Why? Because we fuel this machine that wants nothing better than to destroy man. Okay, so that's what I mean by we can't be a part of the solution and then be a part of the problem. It's impossible.
4: What did you call that? Demonic,
1: the four things. Um, demonic oppression, four stages of yeah, demonic oppression, obsession, op- oppression, and
4: possession, possession. Yeah, yeah. but it, right. it's called demonic.
1: The four steps of demonic. Four steps of demonic um, oppression. Okay. Yeah. So being in or de- demonic influence, you can put that. But um, all right, so we'll go to Ephesians two. We'll start at verse one, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins wherein in times past he walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience so what we understand here is this is not just a world that is based on physical men there's a spirit behind these men that allow them to do the things that they do okay there's nothing in this world that doesn't have some type of spiritual backing okay whatever is done it could be you know TV Um, I think it was Frank Peretti had a book and Paul Washer talked about it but he said because Frank Peretti I'm not he's not a Christian but he exposes a lot of things that he believes is going on in the spiritual realm and Paul Washer said if we could see what really ruled the spirit realm we would be stunned if you could see who really ran the military If you could see who really ran the newspapers, the music, you know, all these different things. I mean, imagine if you can just go into a radio station or a studio or whatever and look and see a demon with headphones on talking about, yeah, we need to add more bass here. And we got to get all this worked out so that way we can get them into more fornication and get them into more violence. Imagine if you just saw something that ugly, you know, um, talking about what needs to be done or how the newspapers are written, or why you have the lying um, media man talking, then there's an entity behind him speaking through him. If we could only see with the veil pulled back what was really going on, mm-hmm. man, that would open your eyes. And only the Spirit of God can do such a thing, because everything else is blanketed in a dream world and a false reality as to what things really are. So the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience, this is the prince of the power of the air. This is Satan. This is that dense, immediate atmosphere above us. Okay, so this this realm, he rules the time and space realm. All right, and I'll Yeah. Satan does. Satan does. Yeah. Yeah, when...
2: Um, back to the, the lying media. Uh-huh. So it was our local news, and it
4: was...
1: It would look like... I think it was
2: last year, and they said... Um, Mountain past no snowpacks, global warming. You mm-hmm. know we're in trouble. It was a complete lie because we have a view of the mountain and there was snow on
1: it. Mhm. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and the picture they showed and what we saw were two totally different things.
1: There you have it. I mean, some people think they draw their reality by watching Fox News. I mean, if that's what you really want, and I should send this around real quick. What's this? You guys can look at these. That would be a picture of the Akashic Records. That's the dense, immediate atmosphere around the globe. You know, we all believe that the Earth looks different, but that's another study. But there is a, well, we'll get into that. The Bible spoke of a firmament. But, you know, if you look at these, this is really the way that the world is set up. just pass them around or whatever, you've seen it. But, you know, that's what's really going on in the world. You know, is that if you look at it, the education system is run by it. You know, you look at schools, you look at military, you look at police, you look at all these things, they're all round up in Satan's government. All right, so let's go to Ephesians 6, and then we'll get into some of these uh, things that these guys are talking about. And we'll start in verse 10. Ephesians 6 and 10. But if you guys notice, on the top of that pyramid, you know, that's Satan himself. That's what that eye is all about. Okay, so we'll go into it, but Ephesians 6, we'll start at verse 10. Everybody there? All right, and it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestled not against flesh and blood. Now, what part of this, a lot of pastors I don't get, you know, and all these other people. If it's not flesh and blood, then the next thing outside of the physical is the spiritual. So we understand here that the physical itself is run by the spiritual. And it says, uh, but against principalities. That word is magistrate of government against powers that's exousia which means authorities and then it says the rulers of the darkness of this world that world for in greek is cosmocratic okay so that would mean a world ruler and then it says and spiritual wickedness in high places so we know that there's a ranking system how everything goes up just like that pyramid shows that this whole world is run by satan and you know i think for most people that don't see it they don't want to see it Because the funny thing about the truth is it separates. When you get people that are taught the truth, you know the first time I heard about this stuff and I learned it, it wasn't so much that I didn't believe. I was just bothered at the fact that this could be true. And that made me seek the truth more and want to learn more. The Lord's gospel is the exact same way. okay? Because there are some people in the world that will reject the truth. Now, when the, when the gospel was presented to me, like I said, I never fully went against it when I was unsaved. I mean, because I was raised in church, I had a respect for it, but I knew I wasn't ready. But it, I, I never said that it wasn't true. But there's something about when you get into speaking of truth that there are people that will receive it, and then there are other people that will not. It's almost like Cain and Abel. And I'm not saying those people can't ever come to the truth. But what I'm saying is there are people that for some reason, they just reject truth. And it's not even about just the Bible. You can bring up anything else that that goes into their reality and they shut it down. Where there are some that will say, you know what, maybe this could be true. Let me look into it. Or I'm going to research it to try and prove them wrong. And that usually leads us to the truth as we found out. But... For whatever reasons, there are some people that they just don't want the truth. They love this world. And that's the biggest thing. There's no such thing as an unbeliever. There's no such thing as an unbeliever. You either believe God or you believe something else. But there's no such thing as an unbeliever. Okay? You may think that there's something greater than God. Something else may be your God. But for whatever reasons it is, you know, some people will just reject it. No matter what you show them. I don't know if you guys have gone there, but like when you bring more truth, you think that you're really going to get through to them, and then they get even more angry with you. Have you guys experienced that? The more you brought, and it's like, the you know, you the more truth that you try and bring to people, like when they don't listen, you think, oh man, once they see this article, they're definitely going to get it. But they don't. A lot of times they'll turn on you and get more angry. Huh? They get defensive. Exactly. Yeah. Um.
4: Spiritual wickedness. So Mm -hmm. my understanding of, you know, when you talk about spirituality has really been more pure and high. Mm -hmm. You know, but spiritual wickedness or of the spirit, can you explain that a little bit? Well, spiritual Um,
1: wickedness, like we talked about before, doesn't exactly have to look bad. You know, one thing about God and Satan, like we mentioned, is that.
4: Well, of the spirit, I guess I'm not understanding. Of the flesh versus of the spirit. Right. So spiritually- well, I meant
1: the spirit of God, because anything outside of the spirit of God is the spirit of Satan. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know that the devil can talk in tongues. A lot of people don't know the devil can lay hands on the sick and heal them temporarily. I mean, usually to put a more ma- a, a major demon on you. But the thing is, is that, I mean, we would have to really go back to... Genesis 11 to really understand where a lot of the belief systems and things have come from because, you know, I didn't just come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ was Lord because my family was actually growing up. I somewhat despised it, okay, because it was like, well, why do we always have to go to church? Why are they always talking about this and dealing with that? So I went out in the world to try and seek the truth. And I went into Buddhism, and I went into Hinduism, and I went into Judaism. I went into Islam. I sought all these things. And one thing I recognized was all of those religions I just named, they believe about the same. They have almost the same symbology. They have almost the same belief system concerning heaven and hell. Okay? But the word of God was separate from them. You know, and it also, the more I understood the Bible, the more I recognized it talked about those religions. Those were the religions that were against the children of Israel that God was fighting for. Okay, so that's what gave me more understanding of the truth is to really go out there and and find out about the others. Because I'll tell you what, all of the ones I just named, they all love the serpent or the dragon. Okay, they all hold those two in high reverence. As if they bring forth a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, you go to the Mayans, they have Katsi and they have you know kuku feathery flying serpent, you know you go to uh, Buddhism and the other things they they love the the worship, the wisdom of the serpent, you know they even in Chinese culture, the dragon is their most powerful symbol, you know when you go into um, Hinduism, the serpent is wise, they worship the serpent out there along with about 300 million other animals. You know, but here's the thing. If there's going to be a God, then there should be one God and one God alone. Okay, so I noticed that all the others, they deny the existence of a true God. You know, they'll they'll like to give it to the trees or the animals or the universe. You know, but they never make it personal to where you can seek relationship. And I know from a lot of people that have dealt in these other religions, I can tell you firsthand that they never get you closer to God. I know from new ages that I've brought out of that system I have a lot of Buddhists, a lot of Hindus, a lot of um, people in, um, in Islam that they never get any closer to God. There's never a relationship that's gained. They do penitence, they work hard, they go through religious practices and rituals but they never themselves ever experience the power of the Holy Ghost or coming in one with God. They may have some spiritual power but they usually introduce you to that through a spirit guide, which is a demon, that will call you into other things and have you doing demonic practices. I'm not denying for one minute that the spiritual doesn't exist in these false religions. It does. Well, but there are two the snakes, main sources of power. Yeah. With uh,
2: Moses, you know, and the
1: snakes, that's mm-hmm. the
2: prime example.
1: You know, exactly. Oh, Janies. can do this. Right. Jannies and Jambres had real power. They weren't just two magicians playing around. They did everything God did, even though God beat them every step of the way. And when they got to the lice and turned it in, the dust into lice, they couldn't perform those miracles. So, I know the Eastern mystics, I mean, they can levitate in chairs. They can walk through walls. They can drive the, in the backseat of a car, okay, blindfolded. But even with all of that, it never gets you closer to the one true God. Most of the people that have been involved in that, I can tell you, by the time they're done... They usually lose their minds because the demons know that their time is almost up. I've used you. Now you're going to get the real, you know, part of what I'm, what I'm into. You know, now that you're almost done, I'm going to drive you insane. And, I mean, you look up Alice Bailey, Alistair Crowley, all the others that started this thing, that brought it to the East, they were all driven into madness, messing around with those spirit guides and demons. Why? Yeah. Go ahead. Are you going to say something?
4: Is that also like Alzheimer's, too? Could you say that...
1: Alzheimer's is definitely a demon, but I want to be careful how I say that on here because, you know, some people may be hurt by it, but we're going to have a full study concerning demons and disease and other things. A lot of what they call diseases is not what you think it is, you know, so we're going to get into medical, too, here in a little bit. We're going to cover all those bases because... Like
4: Alzheimer's, you lose your mind. So it was kind of like what
1: you're saying. Someone, like, but it crazy. could be deterioration. It could even be through sin. It could be through living a sinful life because, you know, the wages of sin is, You, you, to say, death.
0: Death. you guys <laughs> yeah. it, like, like a generational curse. Passed right. Down to the bloodline. Right. Like cerebral palsy and other things.
1: I think it says that all other sins occur them. outside of the body, but fornication itself you sin against your own body. So we don't even recognize what damage you do when you when you do things like that. Now fornication is a big word. It could be homosexuality. It could be bestiality. It could be you know a lot of different things. You know that you're sinning against your body because this body is the temple of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So you know flesh and blood, you know, is what runs. I mean, is, is run by the spiritual. There's nothing physical that doesn't have a spiritual backing. Okay, whatever it is, we do. Today was funny. We ran into uh, Dick and Marge, Uh and um, we were dealing with a walkthrough that happened in Famous Footwear. That ended. And all of a sudden, I had the feeling to just leave, remember? I was like, like, let's get out of here. So we head back to our little tent, the kiosk. Marge was just about to leave, and Dick was there. But (laughs) it was meant for us to talk to them. They're they're our elders. uh, You would say the Presbyterians, this group. They, you know, they... uh, they're much needed they teach us a lot you know but um they were there but it was meant for me to speak to them and i got some understanding and you know everything but was that me saying i was ready to go back because we were there for what 20 minutes or so 30 minutes but then there was just something like "Eh, let me just go when you're led by the spirit of the lord you may not understand why you've made the decision but you get it when there's something waiting for you that the lord has That's right. you got to know that voice. Alright, so from here, let's go to Genesis 11. We'll get right into it. Genesis 11, verse 1. I'm going to cover some quick points. But, you know, like the Bible says, Solomon says, What has been will be again. What's been done will be done again. And there's no new thing under the sun. You know, trends come in and out all the time. And that's why I think old people hate a lot of young people. You ever notice that? Because the young people will do something, and they think it's new. And the old people, oh, that ain't nothing but the old blah, 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 you know, that we used to do. Well, they were right, because these things happen again and again. You know, so I only said that to say this. (laughs) Uh, Genesis 11, we'll start at verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, that's Babylon. And they dwelt there, and they said one to another, Go, Uh, oh, go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime they had they for mortar. And they said, Go to. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, this was a people that happened after the flood. They hung around with a guy named Nimrod, who the Bible called the Mighty One. I believe personally he was of Nephilim seed. He was a, He was a giant. That's another study. But he led them into dark arts and practices where he wanted... He got the people of one language under him to serve him, but to build a tower whose top may reach into heaven. Now, we have a personal belief about the veil that the Lord placed when Adam and Eve fell, that he said that their kind would never again come into his presence, where he separated man from the spirit realm. And the only way back would have been through Jesus Christ. Okay, well, now... I believe here what Nimrod was trying to do because if you look at where the Tower of Babel was, I think it was only maybe a hundred miles or so, a hundred or so miles away from where the Garden of Eden was. But either way, he was trying to break into a top to go into heaven. Now, some believe it was a portal. I can kind of believe that too because if you break up the word Babel, which this tower was, it was gate and it was to God. Okay? Bab el. Bab means gate. L means God. That's why you find in a lot of Eastern mysticism in a lot of Indian languages, they're always "haba, ba, ba sababa. Da, da, you know whatever, because of the fact that that word means "gate. Many of those guys that call themselves those names are those gurus that feel like they're the gateway to bring people into the spirit. I don't know if that made sense, but this is where, you know, those names come from. But anyway, so the whole world was of one language and of one spirit trying to break in to go into the heavens. Now, they're not one against, um, you know, the devil. They're all one against the Lord. Okay, so it says, uh, verse 5, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and uh, now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there and confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad uh, from thence upon the face of the of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore the name of it was called Babel, because the Lord... Uh Did there confound their language of the whole earth, and of thence uh did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth, so we understand here that the languages themselves, because the book of jashub will tell you that there's seventy languages that's another book or original languages, even a lot of um our, uh anthropologists would would tell you stuff like that how many languages originated from seventy languages, so the point here is that everything that they had imagined to do, unless the Lord stopped them, they would have achieved it. This would have been considered a one world order because this was all the people on earth. They were a one, they were one and of one language, but they were fighting against the Lord. Nimrod's plan was to go into the heavens, fight against the God of the heaven, dethrone him, and start their own. Satan has a people in this world doing the exact same thing through technology, through this so-called NASA program and this space program to get into the heavens to fight against the Most High. That's the real reason for the planetary defense system. It's got nothing to do with looking for other galaxies. It's about getting ready for the coming of somebody that we hold dearly. But they'll never tell you that. Because they've ended the NASA program. But let's not get ahead. Let's get into some reading then. I'm going to... let's get into the education system this one says the American public school system is indoctrination of evil it says there is a war going on for the souls of young people today and it's rendering millions who cross its path as prey this war is taking place in one of the most seen and often overlooked establishments in America it can be found in every city town rural areas um, uh, across the country. Its structure is paid by the taxes of every worker in the country, uh, irregardless. I didn't know that was a word, but okay. Because <laughs> he's saying, irregardless, I guess he meant, regardless of their views of its ideology or motive, uh, it knows nothing other than one thing complete indoctrination of all those who walk in its midst. This place where personal belief is daily challenged to accept another, a better belief system, where concepts such as faith, family, and values are ridiculed, where God is seen as an object of myth, where there is no absolutes but personal choices. It is here where the spiritual and ideological war is occurring daily, yet no shots are fired, but the casualties can be seen by the thousands. So, you know, of course, they're talking about the education system. You'd be surprised how much of education is actually education and how much of it is really indoctrination to get you to believe something other than the truth. All right, this is the next one. It says, um, what is this place which many have become indoctrinated uh, with ideas such as humanism and evolution? It is called the American public school system. This government institution, which continues its condition, continues to condition millions of students eight to nine hours a day, 350 days out of a year, uh, shows no signs of slowing down, but why should it? The entire purpose of the American public school system is to do one thing, indoctrinate the children of America into the values of the secular world. From concepts of communism, socialism, uh, where men such as Sol Olensky is praised by the NEA, the National Education Society, uh, source, I guess, because it says NEA, I don't know where society comes in, but uh, National Education Society, where the homosexual activist Kevin Jennings, an Obama appointee, orchestrated a series of sexualized curriculum, whereby every student, even as young as five years old, must learn and understand the principles of gay sex. Now, I believe that this is true. This is why you check in a lot of literature where it says, you know, Billy has two moms. You know, Sally has two dads. You know, I saw this thing that made me so angry. It was on TV, but there was this little, there was a bunch of little kids. I mean, they couldn't have been more than preschoolers. They were in class. It was Mother's Day. The teacher was there with a the girl, I guess, was a little bit older than they were. But the teacher brought this little girl in and he said, hi, everybody. I want you to know that Kathy has, you know, two moms. She's a good kid and this and that. And the kids were just looking confused, like, what does this have to do with what we're dealing with? But they said, now, do you think Kathy is bad because she has two moms? Now, Kathy's mothers are loving, but but people in the world, they call Kathy names. They hurt Kathy's feelings. They tell Kathy that, you know... Her parents are weird. They make her cry. So what is the enemy doing here? He's going into your emotions. He's working on the minds of children that don't know anything in life, you know, but hes they're starting from there to get kids to accept this. So kids had some questions, but then eventually the kids began to, well, we're glad that Kathy has two moms and, you know, little kids giving her gifts and they're hugging and I'm like, man... Now, to an average carnal mind, this would be seen as normal. Like, you know, well, they're just showing love, kids should get along, everyone should be accepted. But you see how Satan plays on the emotions where the overall agenda is to do what? Destroy the image of God to bring man into rebellion. So um, I'll just read this part real quick and then we'll get into some scripture. When public education was formed in the 1700s and continued throughout the 1800s and into the 20th century, education was defined by one common motive, personal achievements through hard work and a philosophy based on Christian philosophy. It was the Bible that teachers used in the early beginnings of public education. Then something began to change. Industrialists uh, such as Andrew Carnegie and John D. Rockefeller saw something that could claim, that they that they claim could manipulate education. Carnegie is a part of these 13 families that we're gonna get into in a little bit. You know, some of the most powerful elite people in the world that are sitting at the top of that pyramid. When you look at it and it says uh, Council of 13 or 13 families, well, that's where they sit. John D. Rockefeller, he's up there in that list too. Okay, so you see how the schools are at the bottom of the pyramid but the information trickles down right through the finances, right through the banks. This is why you get funding for things that they regularly don't have money for. They can't feed the poor. There's starvation everywhere. There's homelessness everywhere. There's no jobs, but they got funding for the homosexual agenda and as far as manipulating kids to learn other things. Okay, so... that's
4: the
2: world
1: monarch? The world monarch would be the last family, which is... um, Rothschild and the Merovingian family. That name is in their um, matrix, too. Um, Remember the Merovingian? They are the elite bloodline like Charles, um, Prince Charles, and uh, the Queen of England and all of them. They sit there, and the Rothschilds kind of part with them, too. The Rothschilds are considered by John Todd to be the children of Satan, that they are considered gods in this world, and when they say something, it gets done. Rothschilds. The Rothschilds, yeah. The word is in uh, German is red shield. But that's who they are. Yeah?
4: Because um, I work at elementary school. Uh-huh. It just came to me. Um, it's almost like the family system is so corrupt that we're always dealing with behavior issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but the government and has made so many laws and we can't discipline these kids. And they're getting away with so much. That's kind of taking away from the values of mm-hmm. following Jesus too, of being
0: disciplined in...
1: Absolutely. Structure. Absolutely. Good, sir.
0: Isn't there a Carnegie Hall? Yep, yep. New
1: York. Well, yeah. There's Rockefeller Center. What is I Carnegie mean, they have- hall,
0: Is it like a banquet kind of? Arts? It's a, arts? Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, it's theater, you know, music and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, okay. And then it says, this all began to formulate an overall uh, general belief that in order for a few to gain control of society, it had to start in the schoolhouse. Now, you guys remember this with Alice Bailey. 10-step plan removing man from removing people from God okay so it says uh, the agenda even from the early start was to replace parental rights and upbringing based on Christian principles remove the Bible from the core curriculum replace American values and patriotism with more liberal socialist um, worldview and begin the path towards educational reconstruction Um, As far as Christian values, I'm for patriotism I could care less about. If you're a Christian and you're a believer in this world and you believe in Jesus Christ, you don't have citizenship anywhere, okay? We're here to represent the Lord. We're not here to fight for America. We're here to pull those people that are bound by this matrix out of it. After that, the train can keep on rolling. We only want those that want off of the train, okay? So... So well, they said patriotism, and then it says today, a century later, we are seeing the dynamics of what the early founders of radical liberalism uh, intended: a complete abolition of traditional education, and in its place, uh, a secular, I mean, a secularized uh, plan of philosophy, one which evolution is now the theology of educators, where humanism is the is the curriculum. Where absolute truth is deemed impossible and instead, do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Now you know who said that. That's Aleister Crowley. Who says that today? Jay-Z and all the other people. They're copying old mysticism to try and bring people into rebellion. Yeah. Says what? Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. That's saying pretty much, do what if it feels good, then do it. Mm-hmm. Forget about God. Forget about what the Bible says. Let's enjoy ourselves. that's why you have those songs like, It's Your Thing, Do What You Want to Do, and all that. It's Your Business, Who You Sock It To, all that stuff from the 60s, 70s, this is it. All right, so from here, uh, let's see. Let's go to Matthew 18 real quick because we don't have time to go through all of them. But Matthew 18, you know, these people better be real careful what they're doing. You know, as far as, you don't think the Lord wants to judge this? Mm -hmm. What verse? Uh, We'll start at verse 4. Matter of fact, let's start at verse Mm 1. Matthew 18 and 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying... Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, what does that mean? Born again, all right, except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, The same is greatest in the kingdom of of heaven. So what does that mean? The way to God's kingdom is down. There's no belief in self. There's being a child before the Lord. Children usually believe everything you tell them. They obey their parents. You know, they're under that type of structure. Verse 5. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. So for all these people that want to go forward with trying to indoctrinate these kids to not believe in Jesus Christ, you know, these people better be real careful. And this even includes the the colleges because you go to school mostly to to lose your faith. The first thing they want to do, teach you all sorts of things that have nothing to do with the the, uh, biblical worldview. Jesus is saying now some people would say here yeah, well that that's not very loving well Jesus said what he meant and he meant what he said what kind of animal are you to destroy a child's faith and his future before they can even understand before they can even make the choice you've already made it for them so this is a part of that indoctrination that goes on with the education system there's a lot more more and I guess I'll just ask if you can put on you know like in a link but that's you know we're gonna go here as far as the education system and we're gonna move on because we're running short on time. But um... can I tell a quick story? Can yeah. Short on time? Yep. No it reminds me
2: when I was giving this tour at work and this little boy had a slingshot uh-huh. and so I let him sling his rocks into my little rock garden and <laughs> then I said, oh, you're just like David and Goliath. And then he's like, who's David and Goliath? And he looks at his mom and I could tell she was just irritated she didn't want
1: to explain it
2: mm-hmm. and then he asked again who's David and Goliath and then she just ignored
1: him yeah because she's teaching her children outside of the Lord And I, like, mean, I don't want
2: him to know that story
1: yeah there were always kids when <laughs> I was growing up
2: himself. yeah
1: exactly alright so this one is called because we're attacking science next and it says has Satan hijacked science mm-hmm. as those from Minnesota would say you betcha <laughs> <laughs> but yeah So it says, has Satan perverted the wonderful tool of science for his own purposes? Is Satan interested in science (laughs) or does he work full time enticing people to sin, attacking religion and deceptively enslaving uh, the unsuspecting? One reason I chose the field of science was to avoid anything that Satan might be interested in and to build my house on the rock of irrefutable scientific evidence which was guaranteed to be true. Was that naive? Oh yeah. Uh, To what degree is Satan into science? Does he avoid it altogether because it is indeed built on truth, which he abhors, Yeah, he hates. Or um, perhaps uh, he is a dabbler, focusing on just one field, such as the origin of life. Or has he infiltrated the entire infrastructure of science, from foundation to pinnacle? You know, one reason we're going on science, too, I want to bring up this key point is, you know, a lot of people are hooked in the matrix, believing what these scientists have told them. You know, born gay, born that way. You know, evolution is an absolute fact. Even though they found so many holes and flaws in it, you have scientists themselves that get fired telling them the truth that evolution is impossible. It could not have been. Okay, so the reason why we're attacking it is because When the media, the lying media, can't get their point across, what they tend to do is, well, scientists have found, you know, that this is true. So what do most people hooked into the matrix do? Stop where they are. Well, if the scientists said it, then, hey, you know, it's got to be true. After all, you know, who can challenge them? Well, you know, the fact of the matter is, if they're indoctrinated, and this whole thing here belongs to Satan, then you can totally understand why he would want science to be uh, hijacked. All right, and it says, well, Satan's goals. We'll pick the first one. The scriptures make many things clear about what is really going on in life, and one needs to understand those bases in order to make sense of this unusual world. In a nutshell, there really is a God who created the heavens, the earth, and all life therein. Mankind is the offspring Of God created in his image we are here to be tested to see if we if we will love and obey our Heavenly Father there really is a being named Satan who commands myriads of evil spirits to tempt us to fail uh, that test everyone fails the test to some degree and needs to accept Jesus uh, Jesus Christ uh, the Son of God as a Savior in order to have sin blotted out and become pure enough to return to God, uh, and if we will be judged after death and rewarded according to how well uh, we did, Satan's incentive includes the fact that his power grows and he entices others to do his bidding. Uh, I want to get a little past this. I want to get into some facts. All right, Satan's perverted science. This is what we'll go here then we'll move on. For many reasons, uh, it is not only, it not only appears that Satan is interested in science. He may well be attempting to hijack all of science and attempt to force it to become the foundation of his new official state, atheistic religion. Well, let's see why. By considering just what a powerful tool a perverted science could be for him to meet his goal, let's look at Let's look at some true fundamental scientific uh, principles and then see how Satan could pervert them into false traditions. A uh, true science begins with observation. What is science? Consider the uh, following very brief summary uh, sci- uh, true principle. science is a systematic study of the observable. in other words, all phenomena of nature which can be directly detected by the human senses can be included in the realm of science when one's uh, sense fails sometimes others can compensate for example i want to get a little past this um because they're talking about these things uh, science also includes the realm of inventing models to explain observations even though elements of those models cannot be observed Uh, but only their effects For example, Adams were uh, proposed to exist by the ancient Greeks, but were not actually observed until the last century. See, so this is where a lot of people make the mistake because they believe in primitive man. There was no such thing as primitive man. Primitive man might have occurred somewhere in the middle, but God made a perfect creation in Adam. He made Adam with understanding. He made man in his own image. So there's no telling what Adam's IQ was. A lot of people believe in the Tower of Babel how can you all be of one language and wanna reach into the heavens if you're a primitive people? There had to be some understanding of real technology that they're rediscovering today and trying to use. So you've got to understand the stars. Why would you want to go up there if you didn't think there was anything up there? A primitive man usually deals in caves, right? He usually walks around, you know, cutting rocks with his cutting his food with rocks and, you know, fighting over bread or a woman or, you know, whatever. But These guys had an agenda in Genesis 11 that they were trying to go where they were and beyond. All right. um, Note also that science began with only what the human senses could detect. After many experiments were performed just using the human senses, instruments were invented to make more precise, accurate, unbiased, and repeatable observations. Just because a machine had not been invented to improve on the human senses did not invalidate the human observations. Oh man, I just wanted to get so far past this. But the, the, the point is that they're bringing up, because we'll put this on too, uh, they talk about false science and materialism. The key thing is, evolution has never been observed by anyone. Okay, the example they try and use for evolution is, um, well, you see many kinds of dogs, so that has to be a sign of evolution when really that's nothing more than breeding and adaptation which would be considered microevolution so that's not evolution at all. We all admit that if animals are in certain areas they might adapt to their surroundings. But you've never seen a dog become a non-dog. You've never seen a man turn into a monkey. You don't see any mixed creatures walking around the earth looking like one thing and another. Now some may argue, what about the platypus? Okay, well you see many platypus. You're trying to say they stop there? Every single one of them with the duck bill and he's got the fins? No, I think they were created by the Lord. So it's just ridiculous how they'll tell you that this earth was formed 20 billion years ago when carbon dating is not even accurate, nor does it work. They said if it doesn't match what their view is, they throw it out. Like, okay, this doesn't match what we said about 20 billion years. Since it says 14,000 years, let's throw it out. You know, so that's ridiculous when you think of science itself being used this way because of the fact that they have not observed it. So they're guessing, they're putting their own spin on it, they're believing something as far as the universe goes that they've never seen. So what is that? That's faith. That's a type of faith. That's religion. But they try and tell you it's science and what we believe is religion when there's more evidence to support what we see and we believe than they do. Romans chapter 1. We we'll us start in verse 18. Alright, Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. And it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which uh, may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So the Lord is saying here, or Paul saying, through inspiration of the Lord, there's no denying that there's a God. The fact that you have 12 hours day, 12 hours night. The fact that you have the Fibonacci sequence, which is in all of creation, the golden ratio, you have mathematics in everything. As far as, you know, the swirl of the the rose petals, that ratio is there. When you go into other things concerning, um, you know, water down a drain, you know, I just tell people, look up the golden ratio and see how many examples there are. But mathematics is all in creation okay true science true order you can't get order out of disorder so that tells you there these people are without excuse but he says that when they knew God will continue 21 because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful so they weren't thankful for all that the Lord had shown them and given them but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened this is where you get all these religions I am God Go into your higher self. Believe in the evolution of man. Don't worry about God. Okay, then it says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man to the birds, the four-footed beast, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up through uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. You see, God's word is what corrupt man had a problem with, okay, the fact that if I can deny there's a God, then I can go on and live the way I want. See, it's man's lust is what denies God. It's not the fact that he doesn't believe he exists. He's inspired by Satan to believe in himself and to believe in something outside of God to go on doing what you want to do. So that's what it really is. It's them not wanting to give up their own lust. So if I acknowledge that there's a God, then I have to obey him. But if I don't acknowledge that there is one and I can try and prove to the world that there isn't one, then I can live the way they want. So it says, um, uh, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Man worships himself, other things, not the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, First Timothy chapter six. we'll start at verse 20. All right, 1st Timothy chapter 6 verse 20 and it says, "O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called." So the Lord's not against science, the Lord's against false science. Okay, so that's why he says falsely so called, which some professing have errored concerning the faith. Grace be with thee, amen. Why are these people um, in error concerning the faith? Because they're hooked into this matrix in this scientific world, the belief in man. The fact that man can even turn away from God and say that the Bible is wrong and then base everything he's got on these scientists, that's being plugged into the matrix. That's the belief in man, not the belief in God. Okay, so you're always going to have error when you deal with that. We'll move on. Sorry for the heat, guys. The Lord is setting this place on fire. (laughs) Let's get into the medical world. What do you say? Let's go here real quick. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that. Don't
4: forget the legal. Oh, we're going there,
1: too. All right. All right, now and we already proved that there is false science. We proved that the education system indoctrinates along with educates. So, um, you know, a lot of people will say, well, we can turn to our doctors. Maybe they'll help us out. You know, you can rely on the doctors. We don't exactly need God. So, let's see. The caduceus decoded. Now, this is the symbol of the medical world that they have very few people understand its true meaning that's it right there we can pass it around but this is a big part of eastern mysticism and other stuff and that even matches with this you guys can even check out that the lotus position and all that stuff that uh, deals with that so it says that the caduceus the, uh, decoded secret symbols reveal dark agenda of western medicine uh, everywhere in western medicine you find the caduceus symbol Uh, It's a staff uh, entwined with two serpents with wings at the top. You'll find it emblazoned on uh, medical text, medical school certificates, medical websites, and even in hospitals and medical buildings. But what does this symbol mean exactly? I decided uh, to conduct a bit of research to find out some possibilities. The caduceus, it turns out, was a staff carried by the Greek god Hermes. You guys know who Hermes is? That Hermes is Thoth, who is in other words, Azazel from uh, the Book of Enoch, the fallen angel. We'll keep going. Uh, Hermes is the best known as the messenger of the gods. But he is also well known as a protector of liars, gamblers, and thieves. <laughs> he also um prominently known as the guide of the dead. Now that's what Thoth was also. So what we understand here is, if you look at the medical world, let's be realistic. They just talked about thieves. Now, I know it doesn't cost $400 just to get your finger, a splinter, taken out of your hand. Okay, or to even receive a couple of pills that they give you. That shouldn't require, that shouldn't be 400 bucks. Or $20 Q-tip. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so that that's the thieves right there. Liars. I mean, come on. They tell you that some things are incurable when...
4: They just want to make money off the pharmaceutical
1: companies. Exactly. They want people driven into this. And then gamblers, oh, they play with your life all the time. Let me tell you. They try and experiment on you and, you know, maybe this will work. Uh, Doctors, Mm -hmm. the medical world. It's the the practice of medicine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's so crazy. You're the guinea pig. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it says, the evil of Western medicine revealed the part about the female being beaten to death is especially relevant, uh, given how our male-dominated Western medical system considers virtually all female physiology to be disease, pregnancy, menstruation, et cetera, et cetera. Women are treated like animals in many ways through endless breast cancer screening and mandatory HPV vaccines. Female organs are considered useless or disease written, uh, such as when uh, hysterectomies are performed uh, to remove women's uh, hysteria madness. Um, uh, that's where the name hysterectomy actually comes from, of course. Oh, uh, wow. That the two, I didn't even know that, that the two snakes representing evil would encircle the staff of public announcement could be an indication that the purpose of the staff is to announce evil uh, propaganda of western medicine at the same time the methodological uh, carrier of the staff is the protector of liars thieves uh, the drug promoters and drug companies i've also been told this about cancer i've been told as far as cervical cancer and things like that that Doctors are told to tell women that they have this, so that way they can remove a woman's, um, they can give her a hysterectomy, you know, and I've been told that that was so, because you have a people that claim, like uh, Bill Gates and others, well, we're overpopulated. There's not enough food, there's not enough this and that. Now, no one would ever go forward with that, but they'll tell people these things to get you to trust in the doctor, You know, and believe that you have this, so that way they can remove your, you know, give you a hysterectomy, and there you are, you know, barren. So there are people in this world, this is the reason why a lot of people are using, you know, condoms and things. You know, you got to ask yourself why condoms are, you know, they'll say, oh, it's for your protection. One, it's to try and give you a license to sin against God, but it's also, you know, to stop you from reproducing. So you can get in the habit of enjoying yourself without reproduction. You know, this is what this whole thing is about, is to get people to believe that we're overpopulated, which we're not. There's so much food that these people lie about. But you have the elite people of the world, like the top of that pyramid, hanging on to this stuff because their plan is to try and get rid of people. All right, let's go to Revelation um, 6 real quick. And you know, as far as the medical world is concerned, that whole thing concerning um, a drug, you know, using society, much of that has to do with, um, you know, the Greek word for sorcery is pharmakia. Now, the pharmaceutical companies, you know, they deal with that stuff. This is what they get into. So you you imagine that, you know, these drugs themselves open people up to. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, open them up to what?
1: Uh, open them up to the spirit realm. Yeah. This is why um, I know a kid that, um, well, you know, I don't want to say any names, but I've known him for a while. And when he was a kid, you know, he was told that he was bipolar and he had other issues. And, you know, um, his mom put him on meds and he became, I mean, almost insane. I mean, from that point on, and his mom, the Lord told his mom to take him off the meds and he became a normal kid. The first month was crazy. See, because the demons don't exactly leave when the drugs stop. Drugs themselves, you ever see people get high and do things? It opens them up to the spirit realm where they're able, you, you ask any of these guys from the 60s, how did they write all these songs and things? They do them on acid trips. All right, they always have to trip on acid or get on something to open up to the spirit realm to have something enter them or give them inspiration. Well, you know, the thing is with this, a lot of people are fooled because if you take your children or people you know off the meds, they will seem to get crazy. But that's the agitation of the demon, you know, going through withdrawal. But if you wait about three weeks or a month, you wait it out and that demon leaves, then you see the person become normal again. So a lot of people will go to the doctor, well, they're getting worse. The doctor will say, that's why they need their meds. But if you wait on it a little bit, you'll start to see the demons subside. Why? Because the whole goal was to get you dependent on the meds. It's not for you to be safe. It's not for you to be, you know, taken care of. You can't drug the body into good health. That's impossible. You know, the body can't do these things. So They
0: can control
1: you. Absolutely. That's what they do. And when they talk about people bipolar, all the meds do is put the person to sleep. Okay, they'll make the person drowsy, but the demon is still active. He just doesn't have a body to really work through. But once the meds wear off, the demon is back to normal. Revelation 6, and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, a noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. Now, when Jesus left, he came back. This is after he um, ascended. He was given a scroll. Well, the father um, had a scroll. Well, the angel had the scroll. And he said, who is worthy to open the scroll? What was the scroll? Future prophecy. It was the revelation of Jesus Christ, you know, that was being revealed. So Jesus was the only one who was worthy to do it because of his experience. He took the seal and he removed the, um, he took the scroll and removed the seals off of it. And these are the prophecies. So it says, And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow. And a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now we know that Jesus is coming back on a horse, but this isn't Jesus. Jesus doesn't fight with a a bow. He has a sword proceeding from his mouth. So this is the spirit of Antichrist that's gone all over the world. This is why you have all these different things that people believe in, That's why it says he went forth conquering and to conquer. What did he go forth doing? Removing the word of God off of the face of the earth. You know, this is what he did. Or to take over. And when I had opened the second seal, I heard a second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red and power was given unto him that sat thereon uh, to take peace from the earth and that they should kill one another and there was given unto him a great sword." So we understand here that even in the um, uh, military, you know, that people get hooked into, having an understanding that there's a spirit behind war. Because in a war, the only one that wins is Satan. America doesn't win a war if you fight. Russia doesn't win a war if you fight. What does Satan get from it? Blood. Sacrifice to him. The more killing, the more blood is spilled the stronger his powers are through blood sacrifice. When a lot of people enlist themselves in war, you yourself are making a sacrifice. Okay, so this is something that you're not supposed to be into. And then it says, And there went out, Oh, and when I had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast saying, Come and see. And I beheld in lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. Now this would be the economic rider. Okay, this is the one that's writing right now. This is the one where they're talking about an economy that we're going into. All right, and then it says, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. That oil and the wine is God's anointed, but what they're talking about here is starvation. Okay, they're talking about a collapsed economy. A measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley what they're pretty much telling you is that what it would take when this economy ends up where it is it may take a day's wages just to eat in a collapsed economy or, or a, a, what a week's wages maybe just to be able to get a loaf of bread that's how rough these things are going to be so we're going to go into the banking system next but the plan is he that controls, uh, look up this woman, her name is Rima Lambo, I think that's her name, or well, Labo, but she talked about how one of the plans are that if they control the food, that they would begin putting things into the food and into the medicines, like aspartame, which is pretty much good for rat poison, like fluoride. They claim it goes in the water and it has something to do with um, cleaning your teeth. Like these people are going to spill millions to clean your teeth. Yeah,
4: And um, I studied that just a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, in Portland a couple of years back or a few years back, they were going to put fluoride in the water system here. They have. And they, they did. I don't... It's they, here but now. They, it's not in there now, is it? Oh, yeah.
2: It's something different now. It's called a acid.
3: So they still put it in there. They just don't tell it's fluoride. Oh, really? Right, yeah. exactly. Because
4: I heard that the Portland the Council flavors. was going to just agree to do it and then... The citizens of Portland heard about it and Mm -hmm. they voted against it. So I guess you're saying they still got it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah. So
1: you see, they have no respect for life whatsoever. Uh, These people believe in depopulation. This is what the medical world consists of. We'll put the information. I guess I'll ask Martin to put it on the site. But there's just so much to cover concerning this. But when you look at the medical world. They're not out for your best interest. Their solution is only to get you on something that will keep you coming back. The only way to truly be healed is in the power of God. And I know that God can heal. I've seen him heal. I've seen his miracles done. He's done his miracles. I've experienced them. So I know that they're real. Okay, so this is why we have to be extracted from the matrix. This is why when you tell friends of yours to pray on the Lord and believe in him and what he's telling you to do, they mention what the doctor says because these people are still plugged in. These people don't believe that this world belongs to Satan and all that he wants to do to us. I mean, you know, like I said, I would advise everyone because we don't have time to go through it all. But man, look up the stuff that we put up because you're going to find these people want to depopulate These people want a one-world order. They want a one-world religion, okay? And it's going to be the Christian, the odd man out, okay? Not just the Christian. Those people that believe in the Constitution, you got to go too. Why? Because you believe in this false paradigm that we built you, but it was never meant to last. Mm -hmm. So now that you don't want to go along with the program, Mm -hmm. we got to get rid of you too, okay? They have a red list. They have a blue list. They have a green list. Okay, this is how they're setting their system up. The Red List, in the first 90 days, they're going to try and go after all Christians. They're going to try and go after all those that are constitutionalists, that believe in this world system, fighting for America, speaking up about Jesus Christ. They're going to try and get rid of them. Then they're going to have two, the military and the police, that actually helped to get rid of whoever they think they can get rid of, now they get a bullet in their heads. Okay? Because Satan is no respecter of persons either. Or, okay?
4: or the military that actually protected us, that have a knowing of what's going on, them as well.
1: Well, yeah. And, and, and the and veterans, that they're trying to demonize them because... Exactly. Oh, you can't have a gun. It's like, you know, just put your weight. Here, medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Because when the I... military posed the biggest threat yeah. to the, to their order because they know how to use guns. I
0: was uh, still in, and when I would occasionally would go to the VA hospital, mm-hmm. it was so sad to see former military who had been, who were probably like in their fifties and sixties now, just drugged out of their mind, not knowing which way to go, mm-hmm. which way was up and down. And they do, yeah, you know, like he's saying, they do that on purpose because they don't want them telling what happens to them. Agent, what is it? Agent Orange, or what's on. happening to other people out there? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, the genocide and
1: everything that taking well, you guys, look months. at this. This is the Agenda 21 death map. You don't believe it. You can pass that around. Thanks. But their plan is to pretty much try and wipe out the Christian, try and wipe out all those that are not going for their system. You know, um, and they really attack in all places. Uh, one point I want to make for the medical world, too, um, let's go to Revelation 18 real quick but the whole point is that they want to destroy everything that is of God all right so the the blue list are for the police you know and the military those that went along with the plan trying to capture Christians and constitutionalists they're going to get a bullet in their heads okay that's going to go on for 90 days the final stage is the green list which they claim it's the re-education the people that after all this madness they feel that they can train to be like them now you may find some cowardly people that say well oh, i'll go and learn their ways trust me you'll be a slave for the rest of your life and most likely you'll accept their mark that's that's the end result for you okay so the re-education centers are not for you it's to accommodate them as a slave and i have to tell you now i would rather be dead okay than to serve satan who's got his only interest at heart i would rather be dead than to live in this satanic system and that's why as christians we're here to do what we got to do in this matrix pull other people out win them to the kingdom of god and get out of here because this is not our home this is our job to do for the lord revelation 18 and we'll go to. i uh, start at verse 21, I think that's it, uh, I'm looking for one particular part, but it says, um, oh boy, now I can't find it, when it talks about thy sorceries, Because Revelation 18 is about Babylon the Great, which is going to be this world system set up. Okay, thanks. All right, and it says, verse 21, And a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of the harpers, the musicians, and the pipers, and the trumpeteers shall be heard no more at all in thee and no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee and the sound of the millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee and the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more in all um, at all in thee Uh, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived, so these sorceries they're talking about are this this word pharmakia, which is speaking of drugs, okay, but it's also speaking of spells. So the part that we get here is is that um, you know if you guys need to look up chemtrails too for anybody that doesn't believe that they exist, but they're for mind control. You see those guys going by spraying, mm-hmm. look up chemtrails, but. They control minds. We don't have time to get into that. I guess we'll put it on the site. But, you know, by these sorceries were people deceived, you know, and began to believe other things. So, you know, as far as the medical world is concerned, it does not have your best interest at heart. Are some doctors on, honest? Can they do some things? Absolutely. But as far as this, um, you know, the banking system, because I don't think we really have time for that. But... um You know, I have uh, paperwork on it saying that it's been planned. It's been planned for a long time, how they wanted to melt down this economy, that they wanted to take it away, America itself being the last bastion of freedom in the world. So they have to implode it, okay? There is no debt. When they say we're in debt, then we have to ask the question, who are we in debt to if we're supposedly the most powerful nation in the world? You know who they're in debt to? You look on that Illuminati pyramid there, the global bankers. Okay, they control the economy and everything with the money. They have the real wealth. These people don't spend money to go anywhere. You think when they go to hotels around the world that someone goes and sends them a note talking about you owe this or that? They own this stuff. Okay, but somebody like you, they'll even give an extra reminder. Hey, you need to do this, you know, because uh, you haven't paid last time you were here, you know. But they'll they'll ride you. But the rich of this world, they don't spend money. Money is for peons like you and me. You know, the regular folk. that think we're actually holding on to something. So, you know, as far as you go in this world, you have to have an understanding that, you know, there's not a whole lot that they can do. Don't
4: they say money is the root of
1: all evil? The love of it. Love. So money itself is not exactly bad, but it is the root of all evil. But, yeah, matter of fact, let's get into that. Let's go to Matthew. Um, let's go to Luke 6. That's right. So it was Solomon, all those guys. But he knew that they would serve him. Solomon went crazy, but outside of that.
4: Right. Luke what?
1: Luke 6. And this is what also binds people to the matrix. All right. Luke 6 and 22. And it says Blessed are ye when men shall hate you for when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man actually it's Matthew 6 sorry guys <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> I thought you said Matthew first and then it. went did I say Matthew, Matthew? So you, you were right at first yeah I <laughs> think uh, some people oh he doesn't even know what he's talking about <laughs> All right, we'll start at verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. So if your eye is, you know, righteous, focused on the Lord, not crooked, then he's talking about that you will be, you know, and your whole body will be. Much of what we take in, you know, concerns the eyes. The lust of the flesh don't work unless the eyes can see the lust of the eyes don't work unless you can see it. And the pride of life, you know, they all deal with the eye. Verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Now this is talking about the matrix right here because a lot of people think in a worldly way. The way that they see things, man, they're on to what's righteous and what's good and what's wholesome and fruitful. But really, you're in a world full of evil being, um, what's the word, distracted from following Jesus Christ. Then he says, no man can serve two masters, for either uh, he will hate the one and love the other, or, a, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So that's money. Oh. I mean, in other words, money, but... Oh, wow. This is the whole reason why a lot of people, too, because of their finances, they will not serve the Lord. All right, let's go to uh, Matthew 17. And then we're going to get into a couple of quick things, and then we'll end it. I don't even know what time it is. All right, yeah, we're going to wrap this up. Matthew what? 17. 17,
4: yeah. And
1: verse... uh, Oh, it's 19. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm like, really starting man.
2: Must be the heat. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. You got a best one. <laughs> yeah, no, know. I need to take this off. The rich young man. Yep. 16. All right. And it says, and you there, Matthew 19 and um, 16. And it says, and behold, one came and said unto him, good master... What good thing uh, shalt I do, that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Now I know some people would say here, Jesus is saying, Well, why would you call me good? Only God is good. Because Jesus is pretty much, he's not saying that he's not God, but he's saying you're calling me good as if you know what good is. That's pretty much what he's saying to him. All right, so he says, keep his commandments. He saith unto him, which Jesus said, thou shalt uh, do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth. Um from my youth up what lack i yet see now jesus understood now this guy is willing to follow him but you see this guy is also what you would call stuck to the matrix okay because of the fact that jesus is going to point out his weakness right now so some of us may even think as believers we're unplugged because we want to you know focus on the lord but if we're bound to this world in any way satan will find that little weakness and expose it and these are the things that he hooks us to So Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions, (laughs) and said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because this guy was plugged up to what he had. The problem wasn't being rich. The problem is he wouldn't depart with what he had to follow the Lord. So with all this guy's belief in keeping the Ten Commandments, his unbelief showed up here because his treasures were here on earth. And that's why the Lord says where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. So you want your treasures in heaven. You want outside of the matrix. You want to focus on the things that the Lord has so you can be more God conscious. And the more that you focus on is what you believe. So you begin to believe God. You're not paying attention to some scientist or you're not listening to that. God's word becomes the final authority. And as you believe, you will do. You will not do anything in this world that you don't believe okay if there's a train coming through this place right now and I tell you guys the train is coming you need to move if you believe me you will move if you don't believe me you'll stay right where you are so you'll never do anything that you don't believe so this is how the Lord even knows our faith we may say it with our words but in most cases many of us won't do the things that he calls us to do because you truly don't believe that's all head knowledge the Lord wants you to feel it here He wants to add faith because when you believe, you will do. You go to Luke 6, what does he say? If you should have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you should say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and it will be cast into the sea. So he said the faith of a mustard seed. So that would be, you know, you know how small a mustard seed is. So if you don't even have that type of faith, that means you have no faith at all. But if the Lord says it shall be done, then it shall be done. What's keeping us from believing? This time and space continuing, the world, fear, all the things that you learn here in the world. This is what's keeping people from being excluded from the matrix and, and following the Lord. Because there's something here that is fear, fearful to us that keeps us bound, afraid of the unknown, afraid of God doesn't fulfill all the things he said here in the Bible. Well, I know he said that, but it was a long time ago. Maybe he forgot. You know, because I don't know if it, you know, what if that happens and I be homeless? Well, what if it does happen and you're not homeless? (laughs) You know, what if you believe? So the Lord is looking for those who believe. Let's go into a few miracles and we can close out. Can you explain
4: that camel and the needle thing? The needle is like a gate into a wall so the camels can come back home in the
1: evening or something. Well, I don't know. I never heard that part, but Uh, I know that it's saying like, That if you were to, like the eye of the needle is so small that if a camel can go through it, I mean, it's better for a camel to go through that. I mean, he probably would have used elephant, but there were no elephants in his region, you know, I'm guessing. So, I mean, I'm just guessing like, you know, just the eye of the needle that it would be, since that's impossible, it is impossible for a rich man whose heart is in his riches to enter into heaven. Why? Because you're getting your heaven on earth right now. You're not, you're not taking any risk. You're not moving anything out the way. You're enjoying living high on the hog, enjoying the good life, and you're not worried about following the Lord. So that's what he means. A man that holds himself in, in the here and now can't learn about the things in the um, time and space. Matter of fact, um, you guys are going to hate me real quick. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And then we'll do a couple of miracles and we'll get out of here. But, you know, this thing is so important because, you know, we didn't get to read everything, but with all the stuff that they have planned, this system is not going to accommodate anybody that doesn't go along with their agenda. Even if you do, if you're not one of the elite, you don't have any passage. They consider themselves blue bloods. Look it up. They believe that they are from the blood of gods, which were the fallen angels in Genesis 6. That's another story. They go through the whole bloodline thing and all the presidents themselves being related. From the House of Plantagenet, from the House of Windsor, and all these places, these people come up through the ranks. So they're all relatives, even Barack Obama. Barack Obama could not be a president unless his mom was related. That's, that's the elite bloodlines. But they look at us as peons. We're nobodies. They consider themselves royalty. They're above us and you know everybody wants to be like Hollywood people they consider Hollywood people the scum of the earth see they don't know that they use you to entertain them Hollywood is another big way people are hooked in the matrix why because you think that these people are living the good life you don't know when the commercial ends and they say cut these people go back to their miserable lives under the elite powers these people are slaves these people would have gotten out of it a long time ago But they tell you, uh-uh, you know what the deal is. You leave, and we got a contract on you. A lot of, Beyonce, even before she became possessed into what she was doing, Beyonce was even crying, saying, you know, it's hard. She said, but I guess I'm living my dream. You know, but these people are hooked. They, they, They do it to put demonic influence in your life. That's the only reason for Hollywood movies the devil loves to make movies so he can laugh at you because you don't understand what he's telling you he's going to do to you that's the only reason for this stuff but everybody wants to be a star remember when we used to have one hit wonders you notice that there are no more one hit wonders you know why because you're gonna give me what I want before I expose all the truth to you there used to be one hit wonders guys would come out with an album and you would say man whatever happened to that guy he was good You know what it was he found out the truth he wouldn't go along with it they took his money and his fame and they kicked him out okay that's what happened to him you wonder why Chris Tucker wanted to leave and become a Christian and say you know I don't want to get into this anymore I want to give my life to Christ but now he's back doing it because the IRS is on him because he loved the money you see what I'm saying he was still hooked into the money he thought he was gonna leave with some money Oh, no. The IRS is also on that list. That's who they put on you to take your wealth away, so-called legally, saying you owe them money. Now, who's going to monitor this to show that you owe them anything? But this is the big part of it. Hollywood is only meant to defile, corrupt, and destroy people because life imitates art. These people have figured us out for the longest. They know that whatever it is we see on TV, we want to be. And if they got you like that, then that means they can influence you with everything. Look at how there was no cursing on regular TV at one point. There were family shows. Look at what you see on TV now. Because they're influencing society to be as satanic as their agenda is. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we'll start at verse 8, verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So unless God reveals his spirit to you or through his spirit, you can't fathom the things of God. This is why we call things impossible, because they don't mess with our, you know, our carnal senses, can't get past it. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given unto us. So there is a world spirit. Most people are bathed in this thing. It takes the spirit of God to extract you from it to see the truth. Then it says, 13, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, concerning spiritual things with spiritual." But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. You know what Morpheus really wanted to tell Neo was, we're living in a spirit world, Neo. But he used the dream world as far as the computer world. But what he was trying to tell Neo was, you've been living in a spirit world, Neo. (laughs) You know, but you think that this physical carnal world is the world that really exists. Paul himself even says that the things that are invisible are eternal. The things that are visible, I mean, are are, are temporal. They won't last. Okay, so what Paul was saying here is the natural man can't receive it. Remember when Neo said, what, oh, this isn't real? What did Morpheus say? What is real? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about that which you can perceive, that you can taste, and you can touch? Remember when he said that? So that means that what's real to you are the, you know, electrical um, signals given by your brain. So your reality can become greater if you have more understanding of the spirit of God. It's not based on your five carnal senses. The soulish man, the sensual man. All right, so real quick and we're out of here. Uh, Let's go to Matthew 17. I'm going to run through these real quick. Now this is someone that escaped the Matrix. Now notice it was, it was only those in the movie that were unplugged that knew how to pull other people out. Because they saw the world with different eyes. They had the truth. So you can't be a part of the world trying to pull people out of the world. You know, because all you're going to do is lead them to another sect of your world. I mean, of the world. Just like you pulling on one string and Satan's pulling the other. Mm All right, 17 and. All right. No, that's not it. Oh, man, you guys are going to hate me. Matthew 14 and 22. (laughs) Sorry. No, you know, man. I already struggle with this. You know, well, you can't go Can you over tell two me you chapters. The Bible right now? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what was
4: it fourteen and what? Twenty-two. 22? Yeah.
1: Thank you. All right. And it says, and straightway, this is verse twenty-two, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. Now, the funny thing that Satan did to us, too, is he told us that we are, you know, regular people when really we are spirits. OK, your flesh is the house that you live in. You are a spirit. But look at how the enemy has made movies to frighten us from the from the spiritual realm. You know, putting things on TV to scare you so you be afraid of the supernatural when really you yourself are a spirit. Look at how the matrix has even blinded people there so he's walking on the sea but straightway jesus spake unto them saying be of good cheer it is i be not afraid and peter answered him and said lord if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water and he said come and when peter was come down out of the ship he walked on the water to go to jesus so what we're talking about here is What we just read in Paul about the natural man, the man that only works in a system built on his five senses. Couldn't perceive this. This is false. But we're not talking about a physical realm. We're talking about the realm of the spirit. We're talking about the Holy Ghost that is in man that transcends time and space. See, no one wants to get to this part. You know, this is when the gifts of the spirit manifest through you. This is why the devil fights so hard to pull you back to where you are. Why? Because he knows if you tap into that main vein of God and you seek the power for real, then you would be unstoppable. You know what what did this is believe. Peter believed the Lord. The Lord knew what he could do. The Lord walked out on the water. Peter wanted to come. He said, come. Now, I'm not telling anybody to do this. I'm saying if the Lord tells you, you know, go for it or whatever. But what I'm saying is too, with all the danger and stuff ahead of us, it may take this type of faith mm-hmm. to be able to do the things that the Lord is calling us to do. Because earlier in this chapter, he fed a mass of 4,000. All right, They had a couple of fish. He broke the fish until he got four or 5,000. This is a spiritual work of God. And we've got to believe in the spiritual gifts of God. We've got to know that this is what it really is about. Because your carnal mind will tell you, I can't do this. But your, but your spirit mind, the mind of Christ, would say, let's do it. You, you get what I'm saying? You want to say something? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Just
2: stretching.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, that's what it's about. It's going to take real faith to be able to do the real things of God. That's why he even said to that man, he said, do you believe, when the man asked Jesus to, to um, heal him, he was blind. Jesus said, do you believe that I can do this? And the guy said, I do. And Jesus healed him and said, your faith is what healed you. Okay, the fact that you believe, you've got to believe God. I'm not talking Twilight Zone or any of that stuff, okay? I'm telling you that if you really want to be able to do these things in life, and this isn't the goal. I'm saying if circumstances ever permit, or you're ever in a situation where you may have to, you got to know that the reality of God is outside of time and space. This is not the reality of that we live in but Satan knows this which is why he plugs people into it all right so Peter walked on the water um, and then he said "All right, he walked on the water to Jesus but when he saw the winds boisterous he was afraid and the be- and, uh, beginning to sink he cried saying Lord save me and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So we can't doubt. What does Jesus say? If you believe and doubt not, it shall be done unto you. But doubt is a world spirit. Doubt is the world mind. Doubt is a part of the matrix. Why? The matrix is governed by laws. The laws of God are outside of this realm. So, you know, we have to seek the Lord for real, because these things may have to be one day. But notice... Peter saw the waves. So what happened? His carnal mind came back. When his eyes were focused on the Lord, Peter walked on the water. Another point, Peter was almost to the Lord. Okay, you know this because the Lord immediately stretched forth his hand and pulled him up. So he was almost there. The closer you get to God, the more resistance you're going to have going on in your life. Because the devil knows you're getting that much closer to Jesus. So you see where the doubt began to kick in? Just before he made it, because he saw the waves. You going to say something? Okay. So that's what pushed the carnal mind down. I was
4: going to say, I mean, if he's like right there in front of you, Mm -hmm. it's like,
2: and you still have doubts, just imagine how hard it is for us that we don't really see him.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's why he said, greater is he that believeth without seeing. Because the truth of the matter is, we've got to break through to this. Uh, I'll give you guys some scriptures you can look up for something else but you know we're not gonna really have the time to finish this one was second um, Corinthians chapter 12 Paul was caught up to the third heaven and was given a vision by the Lord we all know a man that's done this okay Henry Groover told one of the biggest stories see a lot of people look at him like eh, you know I don't know but Henry's had some amazing stories where he walked with the Lord Henry Groover said when he was a kid that um he heard about he read in revelation that the scrolls (laughs) were going to be um the earth was going to depart as a scroll and go away and he said that um i don't know why this story touches me but he said that he prayed to the lord that one day that lord before you uh, roll up the heavens will you take me through them to see them and henry was like um you know, he went on with his life. It was a child's prayer. Um, it really wasn't a big deal. But he said that, um, oh, man. He said one day he was like 50-something or 60. And he was at a church giving a sermon. And um, he was talking. And the Lord showed up at that time. He heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, Henry. Uh, oh, man. He said, Henry, do you want to take this tour? You know, remember that tour that I told you about? So Henry was standing there in the flesh in front of everyone. But he said that it was like he left, like he left his body, took off through the heavens. He said he saw the sun, he saw the moon, you know, like a bunch of things. And he said while he was sitting there looking at it, tears was flowing from his eyes and people were looking at him. And crying too but they didn't know why so it was like so awesome that because Henry was loved by the Lord that the Lord never forgot that child's promise even though it was a promise of a child now some people would say that's silly but what does the Bible say I have not seen nor ear heard nor hath entered into the heart of man the things that the Lord has for them that love him so we've got to be able to transcend time and space We've got to get into the Lord. We've got to know the Lord. We've got to extract ourselves from this matrix. It's a lie. You'll only go so far here. Okay? You'll you'll circle in the wilderness like the children of Israel, doing the same things over again, experiencing the same joys and same pains. But the Lord gives you peace. And that's what you want to be extracted from this world and outside of the matrix. Satan is the ruler of this world. Jesus said be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. When it says in Exodus 13 about the firstlings, you know, that were out of the matrix, well, Jesus was the first of his kind also. Jesus came, was born again in the spirit as a man. He died and he resurrected. What is he expecting us to do? We're supposed to follow and do the same thing, have Christ in us. We're going to die because we're all sure of that, but we will be resurrected into eternity. So that's what we have to set our affections on high and not below. I'm sorry we didn't get to get rid of all this other stuff, but the point is is that this whole world belongs to Satan. Anybody who doesn't believe, go to soundthetrumpetministries.com in a few days. I'll put up all the information to show that every part, well, Martin will put up the information, <laughs> but to show that every part of this society is ruled by Satan. And if anyone doesn't believe me, instead of criticizing me or sending me an email, dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you put these on here, too? Oh, yeah. I asked Martin to put that up, that oh, okay. picture.
4: The, the, well, the different ones you passed around.
1: Um, yeah, I guess they could be in the pictures. I'll just send them to Martin. Okay. Martin knows how to do all the amazing stuff. I'm like, left it up to me. I'd never know how to do it. <laughs> all right. So from there, if no one has any questions, yeah, one. go ahead.
0: Um, I will say that the Lord can he, he can show us so many things if we are those willing vessels. Like a lot of people don't believe that visions can happen or the spiritual gifts can happen, but you know, I've seen visions. I'm not gonna say what they are, but I, just, I know that this it can happen. The Lord can show us, but if we're not willing to accept what's going on, you know, unless we're willing to accept it, why why would he show us? Because it would freak you out of your mind if you aren't willing to believe.
1: Yeah, and if your mind's in the world, you'll never believe God. Yeah, He said you can't serve two masters. You'll love one and hate the other. As long as your mind is still believing in this place, then you'll never believe God. Why? Because you got a doctor you can go to. You know, you got a, a lawyer you can deal with. You have the military you think's going to back you up. We didn't get into that, but there's a whole thing we got called Satanist in the military. So they've already dissected the military. There's an inner group that are actually um, dividing up the U.S. military to be subject to the U.N. Army. Because when they come looking for the guns, they're not gonna have American troops doing it. They're gonna have U.N. troops because they know American troops would never pull the trigger. Okay, so I'm not trying to end this on a bad note, but- Pull the
4: trigger on citizens.
1: Well, yeah, now they're even told to be in the military. You have to fire on- um, Innocent civilians. Yeah, would you fire on innocent civilians? Depending on how you answer that question, (laughs) you either get in or you don't get in. So, you know, that's the whole point. It's about following the Lord. Probably. At four in the
2: morning. I heard it was Mm -hmm. they're going to come at four in the morning for the Christians because that's the time they came for Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm. Could be. I heard they're going to do Operation Yard Farming, which talks about on Sunday mornings that they're going to come and barricade some doors and destroy some churches with people in them. Okay, I've heard that too. But I'm just saying that overall, the reason why I have no fear in this, well, I'll say I have a lot less fear, okay, is because I believe God. Mm -hmm. If manna fell from heaven, if the Lord raised a standard for the children of Israel, if he parted a Red Sea, okay, for his people to walk through, if if Elijah called fire down from heaven, if the Lord did these things, he said, I am the Lord thy God and I change not. So the reason why I'm losing the fear of this, because when I first heard it, it shook my whole world up. You know, I'm thinking, man, I'm too young to deal with all of this. But you know what? Through that journey, I began to believe more and more in my Lord. And he's not done with us. Great and, you know, mighty exploits that we will do for them that believe God. But you've got to believe the real God, exactly. not the other Jesus, not the other gospel, not the other spirit. you got to have the right Jesus, the right gospel, and the right spirit. Because this is what our faith is based on. The real God. He will deliver us. The enemy might be plotting, but like, what does the Bible say? The Lord taketh the wicked in their own craftiness, and their own devices. So while they're building all this stuff, I believe the people of God that really believe God, obedient to the Lord, will be okay. And even if we go, guess what? Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We've got to lose the fear of this world because it has no power. All right? Let's pray out. Good, sir.
0: Heavenly Father, I want to come to you tonight. And I want to thank you for another day that you've given to us. I want to thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've done for us. Everything that you've blessed us with, bestowed upon us, and given to us. Lord, because you have taken care of our every need and so much more. Lord, you have never left us wanting or without Lord you have given us everything that we need to go through this life and to serve you and Lord I thank you for your holy word and the abilities that you've given us to understand it Lord through you sharing your secrets with us but Lord I am praying tonight that if we are supposed to be a part of your bride Lord if we are supposed to be a part of the body of Christ if we are supposed to be a part of being counted worthy to be a part of that remnant then, Lord, I pray that we would give you more of our time. Not just when it's convenient, not just when we feel like it, Lord, but that we come to you all the time, Lord, with everything, that we would study your word. Lord, and I'm asking and praying tonight that you would be with this ministry, that you would build us up, Lord, that you would make us strong within our minds. Lord, that we get it settled within ourselves as what's going to take place in this world, That's what's already taking place in this world. Lord, your word says that these things were going to happen. But we have to stay strong in you, Lord. We cannot have any fear of what Satan can do to us. Lord, if there's any fear in us of what this world, of what Satan can do to us, Lord, if there's any fear that we will lose our family or our friends or our jobs, if there's any fear of trials and tribulations and persecution, Lord, then we will not move forward in you. We will not go into the promised land. We will not be those willing vessels, Lord. So I pray that all fears that we have in this life, Lord, that we come to you, that we give it to you, Lord, so you can remove it from us, take it away from us, so you can build us up, Lord, so you can give us the earlier and latter rain with your Holy Spirit so we can have not only faith but the gifts of faith, Lord, to heal the sick, to open the blind eyes, Lord, to raise the dead, to speak in new tongues. No matter what this world says, Lord, open up our hearts minds to see what's really going on around us to not have any unbelief lord to not have any fear because as your word says the two the two first going into the lake of fire are the fearful and the unbelieving lord because we place something else in front of you lord and i pray that all those things that we do that choke off the holy spirit lord let us give them to you lord let us pray and fast through this walk to kill off the flesh lord because if we are living in our carnal sensual, soulless mind, Lord. We will never live in the Spirit. So guard us, Lord. Let us take on the full armor of God. Let us take on the breastplate of salvation, Lord. Let us gird up our loins, shod our feet, take on the helmet of salvation, Lord, the sword of the Spirit. Lord, give us your boldness that we will go out and preach and teach your gospel, light a fire under this ministry, Lord, that we will do your will. I pray that you would be with us all, Lord, that everything that we are going through that we know that nothing is greater than you, Lord. The enemy is in this world to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants us to stay distracted with all the pleasures of this life, but Lord, help us to understand that we can find true joy and true peace, to know that you will take care of our every need no matter what. I thank you again, Lord, for all the things that you've done for us. If there's anyone within this ministry that is sick, Lord, that is hurting, Let them come to you to know that you will take care of them, that you will heal them, Lord, if we just believe. Lord, but we have to believe. We cannot have any doubt. We can do what your word says, but we have to believe, Lord, with all faith. Let us make you the rock of our salvation, our chief cornerstone on everything that we do, Lord. I pray that in all manner of thought and speech, let it glorify the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Lord, build us up that we will hunger and thirst after your word. Lord, that we will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That we will pray and fast. That we will take this walk seriously, Lord, because we are living in the beginning of the last days. Lord, help us to see and understand the spiritual warfare that's going on around us. Place your shield of protection around us, Lord. Lead us into your truth. Lead us into all truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
3: 18- plus.